Hi, my name is Janelle Engelstad, and welcome to the MAP Radio Hour, a Make Art with Purpose podcast. The MAP Radio Hour includes conversations with creatives, scientists, and other people addressing the intersection of cultural, political, and environmental concerns. You can find out more about MAP and our projects at makeartwithpurpose.net. I'd like to start talking about is identity, which is really key to your work. And one of the things I notice when I read about you, when I've seen your work in Seattle and different places, is most often you're referred to as a Cambodian-American artist. And it's never just your name or never Cambodian or American. And for me, especially right now in these times when identity is such a major thing in American political culture. I think a lot about what does that mean to be Cambodian American as opposed to just your name or just American and wonder what that means for you or if anything or if that's something that's very conscious when you think about yourself as an artist and how you move through the world and your identity. Mm Yeah, uh, interesting point to start from. Um, I guess at the end of my days, I'm thinking that my art should be the the thing that people know, you know, and not because I'm Cambodian or I'm American. But obviously, you can't get away from your own skin and your own history. So, I think being a, a Cambodian makes makes me work a certain way makes me feel a certain way, obviously. And then being an American, uh, I have to acknowledge that I have studied in, in a school in America and under teachers who are from America. So I understand and I accept that a lot of what I learn and know uh, informs my work come from the fact that I was here and I studied here. But I think to your point that do, do I want to be seen as a Cambodian-American or as an artist? I'd like to be known just as an artist. The things that you read, the things that you listen to, uh, sometimes it comes from people who sort of perceive me uh, through a certain lens, through a certain window of their understanding, and they think that maybe if they put me in a certain box, it's easier for other people to actually get at. I understand that too. So. Um, I think I'm just uh, I'm I'm just lucky because I'm I'm able to be an artist, uh, in spite of everything, in spite of my my own history and and my own family's history. Um, I'm not a doctor. I'm an artist. So, do you have any thoughts, Jacqueline, on identity? Because are you mm-hmm. are you first generation? In, yeah, I'm Canadian, right? Yeah, Canadian. Um, so I'm I'm Chinese, 
and um, I grew up and was educated in Canada um, before I came to the U.S. Right. for graduate school. I think about identity quite a bit in my role as a curator, uh-huh. especially for our museum, being an Asian art museum, and thinking a lot about being what an Asian art museum is and what it should be and who, who should be represented and who should not be, or you know, where, where are the lines to that. I'm really you know, excited by so much of what is going on today in the contemporary worlds um, in terms of art. And you're recognizing that there's a lot of the artists that I'm working with are not necessarily restricted to one culture or one kind of narrow definition. They're, we're all like global citizens. We all travel extensively. We're producing it in all different places, working with all different types of materials and not feeling restricted. Right. Um, so it's, it's a challenge because I think you know, from some perspectives, like it's easier for people to access this artist by thinking, understanding, like, oh, this this is a Chinese artist, or this is a Cambodian artist, and they can kind of understand that artist and that work in a certain lens. But I know that for artists, like, and and how I see myself, I don't see myself as as Chinese. I mean, ethnically Chinese, yes, but and I have lots of connections to Chinese cultural aspects and societal aspects, but I don't necessarily see myself in one one road you know I think there's many layers you know to to who I am I'm influenced by so many things yeah you know and I see that with artists as well so it's interesting to think about you know where the museum is going right now Um, we are definitely transitioning expanding understanding of what Asia is including the diaspora communities including all the you know all the different countries and, and ethnic majorities and minorities Um, and seeing where that goes. There seems to be this, and maybe it's because we're in the art world, there's this fluidity that's happening with identity that is in opposition, Mm -hmm. not intentionally, but certainly in opposition to this other kind of very structured resistance to to identities mm-hmm. that's going on in the political culture. Mm-hmm. So I think you know again here we are, our roles as artists and curators and cultural producers is to really question those structures mm-hmm. and be able to move through them with fluidity. Mm-hmm. I mean, do, do you see that as something that you know is is part of your responsibility as an artist, or is that is that too heavy of a word? I always like to think that an artist is a free man, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but we can't mm-hmm. possibly be a free man. We are, we are always bound by our limitation, by, by our history and by our emotion, our feeling, our way of projecting our sensibility, you know. So those are limitations, at least for me, I'm trying to expand or, or push. Uh, what I'm not a fan of is uh, thinking of myself as a, a kind of a, a representative of a certain kind of art or a certain artist that come from a certain place. Mm-hmm. I can't help that I make art because of the condition that I live in. That's just automatic for me. You, you come from there and so you bring that out organically. It's not something I add and subtract and I come to a, a conclusion. There's nothing conceptual about how I became an artist or, or what I use or, or what I make. It's all very intuitive. Right. I want to speak to the world. I want to speak to, if there's a thousand museums in the world, I want to be able to show my work 
anywhere in those one of those thousand museums and people will say, oh yeah, I get what he's doing. I get it. I understand what's going on there, you know. But in some sense, I am also representing my, my, myself there, the background that I just said, just as I, I described. You can't, you can't divide that. You can't t just take that away. I, again, I accept that. But please approach my work with an open mind, right. and I think you just you get more from that. Right. Yeah, we all bring our own experiences and history and thoughts mm -hmm. and ideas to art. You know, it's not read the wall label. Right. You know, and right. come to that piece. Um, yeah. For instance, actually with your work that happened to me, the work with lung on mm -hmm. that you did, the, the sculptures that were lungs, mm -hmm. I, didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't read about the work and right. then approach the work. Yeah. So for me, that was not a lung mm -hmm. in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And I came to it. And for me, it felt more like they were, I thought of some sort of sea thing floating and like creature right. that, you know, right. and maybe that's my own background, growing up on the Puget Sound in the Pacific Northwest mm -hmm. and having sea slugs and things mm -hmm. that took these shapes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and the title for that work is uh, Silence. So, right. you know, I didn't call it lungs. <laughs> I call right. it Silence because right. it was speaking something to me and it's not what it represents itself. It, it's what it, it kind of is read in, uh, into it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's and that's really some of the beauty of art. Yeah. A recent article in um, the art newspaper mm -hmm. stated that some eighty percent of the world's art at any time is in storage. Mm -hmm. And I, I read another quote from you from some time ago where you talked about how your early works you didn't have a place to store them, so they were destroyed or you <laughs> repurposed the materials and photographed them. And I wonder, in hindsight, what you think about that, especially thinking about how much work goes into storage and then every five years or so, especially large installations, even in museums, they'll buy an installation, it goes away and then it gets brought out. What's your thinking about that and how you were able to reincorporate those materials and you have this photo documentation would you rather have the piece? The yes, of I absolutely would rather have the piece. <laughs> uh, I would. I would also at that time when it was a low point, you know, in in my life uh, where I could barely eat. Um, I would rather have people who appreciate them and like give me a few hundred dollars for them. That would have been nice. Some of the work that I destroyed were laborious. You know, they, at the time I was, I had one assistant. He was shaving the bamboo and I'm constructing it. So. Um, there's a lot of labor to go into it, but at, you know, in the end, I'm not that attached to my work. You know, um, I do miss it. I do talk about it. Sometimes I present it in a slide, but people never see it. You know, they just see it in the in a picture. And it, I only have one photograph of it. Also, of course, in the ideal world, we'd we'd like to have art that is shown all over the place, everywhere. But that's uh, kind of like a pipe dream, isn't it? Yes, I think it is. What do you think about that curatorially, Jacqueline? You know, I'm always trying to think about these kind of things. I mean, just in terms of, like, what is the intention of the work? You know, there's so many things right now going on where everything is so ephemeral. Or, you know, the work is about a moment or about an action. And even documenting it, you're kind of losing something from the original. Um, so do you show the picture and that's the work? Or, you know, <laughs> when does it, you know, where, what is the line? Um, is it all part of it? Um, so I'm always kind of careful to think about, you know, what are we really showing? 
right like and what are we really displaying and so I'm always conscious of that as well and I had a work um earlier last year with another artist and uh, we were really concerned about the condition about having it hang you know in our space because it was going to be in a very hot summer period and the temperature rises and it you know over time could cause you know light damage or melt you know melt the piece and um, but you know really going into it she's like it's okay I'm actually okay with that because I don't mind that it falls apart a little bit and and it's kind of you know it's that time that actually makes it yeah it's like the work is living the work is living yeah yeah and so but not every artist operates that way no um so there's there's a lot of elements to always but consider you must kind of experience a little of that using organic materials that there's this living quality to the material yeah. when you're sculpting it yeah yeah sometimes i get annoyed by people who ask me uh, well i you know i, I don't know if this work is going to last a long long time i said oh well some work not supposed to last a long time you know but mm-hmm. i think my work lasts a long time it's because the labor that I put into it, if you look at the materials that I use, well, I mean, it's pretty obvious how I make it. It's, 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 it, it will hold up, but if you ask me, is it going to hold up for a thousand years? I would say yes, you know, but uh, it will it change? Absolutely, it will change, and it should change. It's nature. It's, it ch- nature changes, so, like, uh, just get over that notion that everything's going to last forever. Right. Also, I like people touching my work because it gives them pleasure. You know, they want to touch it because the work begs them to touch it. But obviously, in a gallery or in a museum, (laughs) you know, (laughs) alarm bells will sound, and it's sometimes it sounds because I touch it and say, "No, no, it's my work. I'm I'm okay." You know. Radio Hour is funded in part by the Lift Your Voice Advocacy Fund. Production by Matthew Horton, theme song and logo by Otto Huditz. I'm Janiel Ingolstadt. Thanks for listening. And visit the Make Art with Purpose website to connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram.